0: Hello and welcome to EM Talk, I'm your host Judson Smith. EM Talk is an education podcast sponsored by Axon Education. Axon is a company devoted to setting a new standard for EMS and healthcare training. All of Axon's programs are delivered online and are designed for people trying to learn in the most efficient way possible. You know we're always trying to find interesting or kind of unique topics for our podcast discussions. There's a million of those, here's what the subject is and I'm only going to talk about very specific things of this subject that everyone else talks about, but uh, along with that, we try to find people that could be considered experts or at least extremely knowledgeable so that we can come up with something a little different than the standard podcast. Today's episode won't disappoint based on those guidelines at least. If you take a look at the field of EMS and separate it from combination areas that combine fire and EMS, what physical attributes do we find? I could tell you more easily what we don't find. You don't often find the overly athletic, super nutrition conscious individual that you might find in other first responder communities. In FIRE you have people that cook every meal, you have regular workouts that everyone does together, you have fitness standards, but uh, in EMS, and everyone understands why, we're not really aware of how to follow those standards or how to fit into those standards. We don't talk about it. We don't even talk about it being necessary, so how are we supposed to start to fix the problem? Joining us today is Dylan Dugan. Dylan is an EMT and personal trainer. Dylan doesn't joke when it comes to fitness, and today we're going to have an honest talk about the issues of health and EMS and what we can do to make a change. Dylan, thanks for joining us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and Tell us a little bit
1: about who you are. Hey, uh, my name's Dylan Dugan. Thanks for having me. Um, pretty excited. First off, I grew up here in Abilene, um, born and raised, which is where we're currently doing this podcast, and, uh, I've been an EMT since 2016, scratch that, EMT since 2015, certified personal trainer since 2016, um, I got my fire cert in 2016, and, um, Done a number of jobs here and there here around town but yeah. what what kind of jobs <laughs> well, now i'm curious yeah well um this is actually i'm glad we're touching on this too because this is going to be a point of some of the points i'm making later but um i've grown up mostly working outdoors for my father with the tractor business um, a lot of manual labor worked for a couple of fencing companies worked for a welder here recently worked for an hvac company um Salt supplements and supplement stores, <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. But anyways, um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my background.
0: All right. Well, uh, so give me give me the idea of why all of a sudden you were like, you know, what I need to pay closer attention to to my body and what I'm doing, what I'm eating, everything. When when did that start?
1: Let's. See. Well, um, so. To be completely transparent, the the gym and the working out started for mostly uh, insecure reasons <laughs> back as a senior in high school and, um, you know, not feeling confident and feeling lesser than than some other people. I was kind of a tall, skinny guy. Um, didn't have a whole lot of reason to have a whole lot of confidence, obviously. So, you know, for better or worse, I turned to uh, weightlifting, kind of an external thing. And... Um, That was the reason I got into it, not so much health conscience, um, more so just to kind of gain confidence, and then through the process of learning what it took to reach my goals as far as how I physically wanted to look, um, I started realizing and paying more attention to all the benefits of, you know, being active and paying attention to what I'm eating, what exactly I'm eating is doing to my body, and like that so my reasons for doing it have definitely shifted since i've gotten into it (laughs) well that's just called growing up right uh in
0: high school i didn't really care about getting big but i knew that everybody cared about having abs so i'd do like 400 sit-ups a night and nothing else right so i had really good abs but there was nothing else there because that's the only thing i cared about was as long as i took my shirt off there wasn't fat there was just abs there right um and that i mean if i could get that kind of dedication to a task in my everyday workouts it'd be it'd be some kind of dramatic change in the way i work out right right all right so so you got a little bit about dylan here um obviously serious about how he works out if uh, i won't i won't shout him out on facebook or anything unless (laughs) he wants me towards the end but if if you saw dylan you would be like oh well that that dude definitely works out uh he's, he's a big guy he looks to be in shape um Unless he's had some dramatic plastic surgery, it's got to be from working hard and eating right. So, uh, what we're really talking about today is um, the relation to health and EMS. But first, let let's get this out of the way. Let's let's hear what a twelve-hour shift in EMS looks like for for you. So, Dylan, give us a breakdown of what a twelve-hour shift
1: at your EMS service looks like. Okay, okay. Um, as far as are we talking, like nutritionally minded here, or I'm just saying, just like, from from start of shift to end of shift, uh-huh. what do you what
0: do you do? So you've got, you get on shift and you check your truck, okay, and then, for twelve hours, are you just out of the truck running calls, or
1: for twelve hours are you mostly in a truck going to a call or going somewhere else? Right. Okay. Cool, man. Well, this is this is one thing I really wanted to touch on. So a 12-hour shift for me looks like, we'll just start from the beginning of my day, rather. If I know I've got a 12-hour shift for the day coming, um, I I tend to do a little bit of prep beforehand, whether it's nutritionally for my meals or or making sure I've got the right books to study or my laptop if I'm taking some kind of course, um, which I currently am. Um, So that kind of starts before the 12 hours. Get to work to start the 12 hours, Touch base with the crew coming off our particular unit, see what kind of day or night they had, um, help them restock, get the trucks cleaned up, ready to go. You know, do do whatever your or our particular station and, and supervisors require us or ask us to do before the shift. Um, and then it's off. Then we're we're to the streets in our particular service. We don't have physical station. I mean, we have one, but the rest of our posts are six other posts throughout the city, and we're we're unit bound we're (laughs) ambulance bound for most of the shift in a very small truck in a very small truck yeah it gets a little personal sometimes but um so that that that's basically the start of it and um i think realistically you know there's extreme everybody has extreme days and shifts from one extreme to the other from your 11 calls in 12 hours to your sometimes one or no calls in 12 hours. <laughs> I, I would like to talk about the average, which I would think is at least equal st- either driving or kind of just sitting in the ambulance to maybe driving to a call, or call time, we'll just call it call time. So I feel like there's, it's not often that it's just call, 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 call. Right, You right. know what I mean? It's so, just constantly moving. Right, right. It's not constantly moving. There's a fair amount of Hanging out or whatever you want to call it, however you decide to do your off time off the call. Um, So mine, I like I said, I usually have a goal. So when we're not when we're not doing calls, I'll uh, I'll eat. I do a lot of eating. (laughs) So (laughs) how many times a day do you eat? Um, you like an eight meals a day? No, not at all. Not at all. No, I'm just I mostly just eat for whatever my caloric goal is for the day. So. For example, if I'm trying to hit 4,000 calories a day, if I eat two meals with 2,000 calories a piece, then I met my caloric goals for the day. You have a
0: caloric goal Most for a time. day of 4,000 calories? Well, if some, I, sometimes for if sure. If I eat 4,000 calories with the amount I work out, which is a significant amount, right, I would just be fat.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it all comes down to your, you know, you you condition your metabolism to handle that, that kind of food, you know, you kind of work your way up. We're coming,
0: we're going to hit that. Right. Right. I like that.
1: Right. But in a, in a 12 hour shift, probably the biggest, the biggest thing, one of the most common things I hear from people that ask me about nutrition or fitness in general and EMS is I hear a lot of people say, um, you know, with this job, it's just, you know, we we're busy and then it's just easy or, you know, the fast food's just right there. <laughs> and, um, you know, I I hear a lot of people say that I don't want to, you know, it's kind of an excuse that it's your job. And and for me, being realistic and working the jobs I've worked, like it's a fairly decent setup as far as job goes to reach your fitness or your nutritional goals. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I know it's easy and it's really tempting to just go hit that we can't even do the drive-through, but go in and get, <laughs> go in and get, you know, whatever fast food it is. But if you really think about it, um, if you have your meal and it's ready to warm up, um, it's going to take you less time probably to get your meal out, go into a convenience store, or wherever you might be that has a microwave, pop it in, get it out. Even if it is fast food, you're going to go in, you're going to order, you're going to wait for your food. So, I don't think time and the job is necessarily. I think you should just change your perspective and your outlook on why you're not meeting your goals and, and not so much think of it might be having to do with your job.
0: Well, you know it, I mean? it comes down to, to people treating food like a, like a hobby as opposed to uh, fuel for what they're doing.
1: Right, right. And so
0: they like what they're eating. Right. And they become, you know, it's a habit to, to eat what tastes good. Yeah. And there's lots of healthy foods that taste good, too. But we formed all these habits of the quick and easy, like I'm gonna run into McDonald's, or right? I'm gonna go to Sonic or whatever. We live in Texas, so Whataburger is like the biggest thing. Right. And there's a Whataburger like every every two miles <laughs> yeah. in our town. At So least. It, people get and used 24 to. In twenty
1: four hours, it. night shifts. Got to oh, yeah. throw in night yeah. shifts. And Everything's closed. What do you got? You got a Whataburger. You got fast and a food if you're on a night shift. So <laughs> right. if you don't
0: make your food, those are your options. Right. As fast For food, sure. and I and I would consider all subs like. The crummy version of fast food. Yeah, but no offense to anybody that's listening that works <laughs> to also, but anyways, y'all that's have what it y'all's is to place
1: me. too, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so it, it, you're right. It, it's an excuse, is, is what it is. It's right. just people are lazy. And that's the reality. Right, right. And, and I'm willing to say it. Don't be mad at Dylan, because I'm saying it that EMS people are lazy. Right. <laughs> and people uh, in general are lazy. It, I, I
1: mean, people in general, I think. <laughs> and, you know, that's something. Most that's something I battle with. I mean, yeah. I think we all battle, battle oh, yeah. with that, you know. That there's more I could do in a day. For, I know. Me too. Is. By far, me too. I, I don't do everything I could do, although it is my goal too. Um, but yeah. So you know, night night shift. It, it kind of is all coming down to preparation. The further we get into talking about this, oh, right? Yeah. So yeah, prep. Preparation really. Um, and it doesn't. You know, meal prep is. I. I almost don't even like the phrase, the there term. Are, it's got so there's many. super extremes to the meal prep. Game. Yeah, there is. There's extremes and there's all kinds of. Um... I like all the memes where
0: people, like, they meal prep, but it's like a beer and a slice of pizza. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool
1: meal prep. Right, that's not bad. Yeah. That <laughs> but yeah. most
0: people, it's like, you know, it's been like 10 hours meal prepping, and yeah. I'm like, that's probably not necessary.
1: Right, no, it's definitely not necessary. And that. If if that is your idea of it and that in your head, that's what it looks like, then you're so, you're putting yourself so far behind the gun as far as, man, I've got three kids and now I've got (laughs) a meal prep for three hours every night. Uh, I think I'll just stick to Whataburger. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I think it's important to be sure whatever your goal is to learn more about what's realistic in nutrition and, and fitness and don't. Don't look at the surface and the memes and stuff like that where people have fifty Tupperwares lined up with the same dried chicken and rice yeah. in every single one of them. Every meal. Yeah, it's you know, it's so realistically, uh, you can meet your goals with doing so much less than that in as far as and when I say that I'm talking about that misery of the same meal yeah, every absolutely. single day.
0: You're using the word meal prep, but your meal prep might not relate to what other people see meal prepping right, as. Right. So what is meal prep to you? So we're talking about preparation now, before right. the shift. We haven't even gotten barely into a shift yet. Right, yeah, but we're right. talking about before the shift. So meal prep, what does that look like to you?
1: Okay. Um, so like I said, it's going to kind of depend on my goals. And I look at... Meal prep for me is, like I said, I'm more after hitting a certain amount of calories a day, and then even a little more in-depth is the macronutrient breakdown of those calories for the day.
0: Right, which you and I have had that conversation. Yeah, right, right.
1: Macronutrients, if you don't know what it means, it's basically um, every food, everything you ever put in your mouth is going to be comprised of macronutrients, which is proteins, carbs, and fats. Those are your macronutrients. You have micronutrients, but those are going to be a little less involved in your body composition so proteins carbs fats that's your macronutrients. so
0: it's the only ones I
1: understand anyway. that's, that's, a, that's the only ones <laughs> there are there's three of them so easy enough um, so for for me my goals um, I'm kind, I've kind of gotten to a place where my metabolism is pretty high and I do a lot myself to eat you know around 3800 4200 calories a day anywhere in between there um, and and my metabolism being what it is, and this is not just for me. This is anybody can can get their metabolism. We'll talk a little bit more of that. But your metabolism is easily adjustable, very easily. It takes some work, but um, my my milk prep may look a little a little different, um, just in the sense that my metabolism I've gotten it to a pretty uh, increased pace. It's pretty quick, um, and that's just through years of caloric increase. You know, little by little. Um, and your body's always adapting. So if you're Increasing your calories little by little it's gonna put your body. Um, it's gonna it's gonna put your body where it's saying um, We're gonna have to do something to to be able to handle this caloric Increase right and the one thing to do is we're gonna have to burn it and that's gonna be an increase in metabolism So you're the faster your metabolism gets the more food you can take in throughout the day obviously so mine being that it's pretty quick um, I I my biggest focus really is protein because it's harder to get in for me you know I'll cook I'll batch cook like some chicken some ground beef um, and don't when I say that I use all the seasonings you know I I don't skimp on seasonings um, I'm not you're not just cooking dry yeah I'm food. not just boiling food um, <laughs> I'm cooking it where it tastes good because uh, boiling it you, no. people do that they people, boil, oh, just yeah. boil their yeah, chicken yeah no. yeah yeah but that I mean that we're talking extremes, you know. When little, you know, minute amounts of sodium and stuff really matter. But for me, for you, probably it's not that big a deal. So I cook things the way I like them. I focus mostly on my protein because one, it's most expensive to buy when I'm on the truck. You know, if I'm gonna, if I'm on the truck and I don't have the amount of protein that I want for the day, I mean, am I gonna get a steak? You know, it's been fifteen dollars. You know, it's it's the most expensive to buy and hardest to get a hold of, I guess. Um, so I focus on that. And then, you know, like I said, not you, everybody can get to this place, but a lot of times it's tortillas um, to put my protein in. That's a lot of what my meal prep <laughs> consists of. Ground beef, I eat a lot of burritos or tacos, like whatever you want to call them. Like standard meal prep. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, it's important to know that your metabolism is adjustable. And this is in, this can be anybody's meal prep with some persistence and goals and working on your metabolism, which is what nobody talks about. And that's a problem. The problem, one of the biggest problems is, you know, fad diets and eating eating less and less and less and your body adapts to that too. If you start giving your body less and less and less every day trying to lose weight, your metabolism going to say, hold up, you're not feeding me. We're going to slow down, we're going to process this food a lot slower and we're going to hold on to these nutrients that we need, energy energy in versus energy out. So there's not enough talk about that. You know, first most of the time if you're needing to lose weight, one of the first things that needs to happen, your metabolism needs to be sped up and that's going to be a caloric increase. But anyways, that's a whole that's different scary conversation. Most people, though, <laughs> right, it is. It's like
0: let's eat more food to right. lose weight.
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: and but I mean along with that, it's not just eating. There's the the exercise and yeah, and for everything. Sure. You have to teach your body to expend the energy as well right, if you're right. going to take it in so right and we're gonna get to that yeah, for sure for sure cool so your meal prep is is absolutely different maybe maybe not necessarily unique surely there's other people who are doing it this way um it obviously works uh and so that that's something important for for people out there trying to to use this to kind of learn how to how to change their habits is it doesn't have to be boring
1: no can, not at all
0: you can eat Good and and healthy food at the same time, um, and I mean we're talking you're talking about like tortillas and and ground beef like that's not what I would consider healthy normally. But right. if you're if you're eating it in a healthy
1: way and you're eating the right amounts, it's probably not that bad for you, right? It's unhealthy when you know we're talking about energy in versus energy out, and you're not expending any energy throughout the day, and you're loading up your body with you know 300 grams of fat which comes with you know maybe some ground beef if you're getting higher fatty stuff but if your energy expenditure is anywhere close to your to your intake you're either going to hover around the same weight you're going to slowly go up or down depending on caloric surplus or caloric deficit so energy in versus energy out um so uh that's a that's
0: a the nutrition side of it right so that's that's your prep before you get on a shift. Now you said that most shifts, uh, on average, are probably more sitting than going, mm-hmm. um, and that you know that, like you said, there's an extreme and there's there's a, another extreme where there's nothing and there's an extreme where there's a lot, but most of the time it, it there's a lot of sitting involved. So you're talking about bringing the energy in, but also expending the energy. So what is what is a normal, you're taking in somewhere close to 4,200 calories a day. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do to
1: expend 4,200 calories? Um, well, it's, it's an obviously workout. I'd work out. I try to work out every day, anywhere from five to seven days a week. Um, but also um, bodily functions. You know, your body composition, just to stay alive, it requires more calorie expenditure than you would think. And especially the more muscle mass you have, it's going to take more energy from your metabolism, from your body to feed said muscle, you know? So, you know, everybody, for everybody's body composition, there is like a homeostasis amount of calories that will say, if you eat this amount of calories every day and you just lay in bed and you're alive (laughs) and breathe, then you will not gain or lose weight <laughs> that's your amount of calories to just be alive and lay there and everybody okay. has that so for me with a little more muscle on my frame it, it's going to be closer to like 2100 calories just to do that just so you to have to think around. about that right and for <laughs> you realistically it's probably like fourteen or 1500 calories just right. to lay there so you factor in you know nobody really does that you factor in your daily um expenditure outside of laying around, so walking, working, whatever you're doing, and that's where a lot, truthfully, a lot of calorie expenditure comes from, just that. Just normal everyday activity. Yeah, it really does, Um, and then, you know, I do, like I said, I do work out five to seven days a week, um, so that's also some calorie expenditure, but, like, I, I wanted to touch I wanted to touch on the the biggest thing for everyone out there that's trying to find what kind of nutrition program works for them. Um, I just when it comes to choosing that, there's a million different ones out there, and everybody just everybody should know that what it really comes down to at the end of the day is this energy in versus energy out that I've been talking about. Right. And that's you know if you're eating more calories than you're burning, you're gonna gain weight. If you're eating less calories than you're burning, you're gonna lose weight. It's really as simple as energy in versus energy out. That being said, your calories, it doesn't matter if you go keto and you eat 3,100 calories every day of, of fat and protein, if you're still burning less than that in the day, you're going to gain weight.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, absolutely.
1: So, and if you're eating just boiled chicken and boiled potatoes every day and you're eating 3,100 calories of that every day and you're only expending 2,000, you're going to gain weight. So it's not the food. Just know that. Anybody that comes to you and tells you, eat this food, eat that food, or eat this quote-unquote healthy food, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, because you can get extremely severely overweight from quote-unquote healthy food. Oh, yeah. So you, yeah. it's calories in versus calories. In. I just want people to think about that before you try You know the next you know, the cool, next cool thing. Yeah, right, right, which, right.
0: Which keto works if you do it exactly how that guy – who came up with the system says to do it. If you're, you know, just taking in as many calories as you can, but oh well, I'm not eating carbs, so right big deal, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> all of everything can, and know that everything you eat can get turned to fat. Yeah. Carbs everything. can, protein can, yep. fats can, obviously. Just because you're eating a lot of that boiled chicken, there is a, there is a bodily process that will turn that protein into a fat store. So, yep. it's not so much as what you're eating. It's more calories in versus calories that yeah, Your body's so. going to
0: take whatever fuel you give it and do what your body needs to do with it. Right. The idea is you need to figure out how to get your body to need what you want it to do. Right. So like you said, there, there's a lot of fad diets out there. There's a lot of bad information. That people see mostly, honestly, on Facebook, yeah. and then they take it as, as it's, it's biblical.
1: Terrible. Right. And that's now true. they're
0: eating that way, and they're they're like, why isn't this working? So they go to the next extreme, and mm-hmm. all they end up doing is destroying their metabolism. Yes. Exactly. And uh, tra- now they have to start all over and rebuild. Right. right. And uh, that's even worse for you. You yes, might as well just let sure. yourself get fat, because yeah. now you've, like, destroyed your body's ability to naturally maintain. Right. So, all right. So there's. There's it's kind of
1: nutritional little bit touching on that. yeah
0: and I, and I like that. There's so much more to it. and you know uh, we could do a whole podcast just on a daily podcast on how to eat healthy right. and yeah, how to yeah. do it the right way right. But let's let's shift into the yeah, other yeah. side of that. Let, let's talk about some facts real quick. So to give you an idea of the average American and, and what Americans look like, You know, since we're talking to all those people that are not American, I guess. Uh, All of you Americans out there, including myself. So less than 5% of adults in America have 30 minutes of physical activity a day. And physical activity doesn't mean working out. It just means, like, walking or moving your arms around or, you know, uh, going up a flight of stairs to get to work. We're saying that less than 5% of adults have that kind of activity a day. So, then, only about 40% of adults over the age of 75 are physically active. And I'll give you one guess why. It's because they didn't do it before they turned 75. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: It's just because they didn't do anything before they turned 75. Now, the we were talking about, you know, people being out of shape and not eating right and everything. So... About 78 million adults in the U.S. are considered obese. That means that 78 million people in the U.S. have a higher than 30% BMI. That's out of 325.7 million people. But 23% of America is obese. And it's a combination of not knowing how to eat right, not being physically active, and just plain being lazy. Now, there are the occasional... um, health factors that are out of our out of some people's control you've got thyroid disorders mm-hmm. and, and certain cancers and things like For that sure. where you just your body can't do metabolism it doesn't it does everything in reverse there's all sorts of ways to throw that off but we're really talking about just the average mostly healthy american uh, you know has more than 30 percent body fat that's insane yeah that- <laughs> it, that- it's just a crazy number that that is crazy yeah so um if we look at the ems profession we talked about there's there's a lot of sitting around um there's posting for a lot of places uh what what could we do on an ambulance so say that I've got three kids at home or, or like one of our buddies at work CMS. He's got like seven kids at home..
1: Right. Yeah. Um,
0: he is a supervisor for a service. His day is fairly full and he's on a truck or in an office most of the time. What can he do if he's on an ambulance? What are some ideas to try to manage this? How do we, How do we get to a place where we can, we can start to, to be
1: healthy in this profession? Right. Um, well, that, like you said, that is definitely an extreme situation. But those situations are out there. You know? yeah, yeah, You kids, and I both know somebody. Right. Like yeah. That, so yes, we we do for sure. Um, and I would say, when it when you're on the ambulance your options, and there's different ambulance services out there, so there, you, you do have 24-hour shift ambulance services where you are brick-and-mortar mortar station, Absolutely. and you might run two or three calls a day, and that allots for some time to work out, but I, I, I'd just like to share with Mike's because I'm not familiar with that, so my experience, <laughs> I don't know anything about that, um, on an ambulance has been you're at a post most of the time, in the truck, on a 12-hour shift, and you don't, there's not a whole lot of room in there to import physical activity i mean yeah you you know aside from maybe getting out of the truck and doing some push-ups and high knees and stuff like <laughs> which, that which but, i've seen
0: people do yeah <laughs> I've, I've,
1: I've definitely heard of people doing that too and that you know if you're in an extreme situation like um somebody that might have seven kids man if you if you really want to make a lifestyle change it might come to something like that so i, th- I think the thing to do is when you're on the ambulance would be more importantly focus on what you're doing nutritionally, and um, because that you know if you're making sure your calories are where they're supposed to be throughout the day, then that's automatic. I mean that's going to determine what your physical activity is going to have to be outside of the day. So stay on point with your nutritional, your diet, whatever your goal is calorically, and then if it takes you know an extra hour and a half getting up early and hitting a couple block, couple of laps around the block, you know doing push-ups, burpees, anything you can do. Any any kind of physical activity is better than none. And if you do what you can do and you get comfortable doing a little more than what you can do, then before long, you're going to realize you can do a lot more than you think you can do. Whether it's a couple hours after you get off shift, going to the gym. You don't have a gym or you can't afford a gym. A couple laps, jumping jacks. Just do something. Get used to more physical activity than you're doing and you get used to that then you get used to more and then you start you start seeing some results and you feel a little more confident so anything is better than nothing figure out what your schedule is what kind of time you have realize it's going to be a little challenging it's going to take a little mental fortitude <laughs> and anything worth having is going to take that and do a little more than you're doing and i don't know everyone's situation but there's not many situations out there where you just can't do
0: no, and, and and that's the truth. And I, I've met a lot of people that'll come up with an excuse for why they can't do it, and there are very few times where I, I look at their situation or or even if they explain it to me. Don't take me as somebody that just says, "Oh, I see." You know, even when they break it down for me, I just I see places in there where they could change and make new habits and and things like that. And I'm one of these guys with multiple kids. Um, I don't work. 24/7 on an ambulance anymore, but I work often enough on an ambulance. I'm I'm have an office job now, doing this podcast thing and teaching okay. and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, I get up at 4:30 in the morning and I go work out right. because that's what it takes exactly. for me to get to do it, mm-hmm. and it's important to me to do that. Um, what we're really talking about is forming habits. We're talking about sure. sheer willpower, repetition, and forming those habits. So I mean, how many days of the week do I wake up, or does anybody wake up, probably even you, and say, oh, "I'm tired. I don't want to go to the gym." Or if you're a night a gym night person, that's you know a lot of a lot of lifters or bodybuilders like to go at night because then they have more time and they can focus on it, whatever it may be. Uh, even they, you know, they're about to go and they're like, "Oh my God, here we go again." Yeah, I worked and going, all day. And... Yeah.
1: About to go do the same thing at the same gym and exactly,
0: and but, see the same people. Right, 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 right. <laughs> doing exactly the same thing. Right. And but you know what? That's that's the difference is is wanting it and having the willpower to do it. And uh, it it has to exist. So let's let's get into why it has to exist. There's the standard. Um, reason you know if i live to be 75 i want to be part of that 40 percent who can still be active so i can hang out with my kids and my grandkids my great-grandkids and you know have a life uh that's the you know the personal motivation but if we're talking about ems why do we need to be healthy for for ems you know we, we do a lot of physical tasks. A lot of people, you know, anybody that listens to this is probably in EMS or right. trying to get into EMS. Right, right. So they're kind
1: of aware of the physical activity sure. that's involved. There, there's a number of things. I mean, we we deal, unfortunately, with a lot of people that didn't do exactly what we've been talking <laughs> about their whole life. and they they're end up 23% being, of Americans. Exactly. And they are definitely, you know, obese. And so they've got to you know, our job is to treat and transport. Um, so transport. That means we got to get them on our stretcher, and we've got to get them in our ambulance, and then out of our ambulance, and then <laughs> onto the hospital bed. So um, there's a pretty, and unfortunately a lot that has to do with a lot of our calls. You know, so just being able to get somebody out of a difficult position that that um, is it's not ideal to be able to lift them off the floor or you know, out of bed or out from between the wall and the bed, it takes a lot of different situations and strengths to, you know, not. it takes teamwork and it takes a lot of mental ability also to think through these processes. But there, there's a fair amount of lifting and getting bodies, which bodies, if you've ever lifted one, especially if they don't have much strength, as most of them don't, they're pretty ragdoll and limp yeah. and it's not a simple process it's, it's not most like the time. lifting a barbell right because that's it's very a stiff, rigid immobile structured. object yes <laughs>
0: and we're talking about if that barbell were wiggling and like dead weight yeah. hanging off right
1: you. maybe crying or there's just a whole number of things that can like yeah going on. so you know you've got to be able to do that you've got to be able to get People onto your stretcher, and they—you would be surprised, or maybe not, if you're an EMS. But where you find people and have to get them out of, so it's important to be able to do that. You know, we carry bags around that are at least 50 or 60 pounds apiece, and if you're pushing a stretcher and carrying a couple bags and maybe a monitor, uh, you can't—you don't have time to get to the ambulance and get in the tripod position and try to breathe. You know, you got to be able to still get up in the ambulance and keep doing your job. So. And you never know what that extent of pushing and carrying might be. We've carried people from the middle of Kirby Lake, you know, and oh, that's yeah. carrying carrying the bags the entire way. So you might not have those calls every day, but when you do, that's a life, and they're they're very much dependent on you to be able to do get them out of that situation and do your job. Yeah, so absolutely. You need to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. So we've got. We're lifting patients. We're climbing around in car wrecks. We're walking in the back of cramped ambulances, mm-hmm. walking out through a field in the summer heat to get someone who was injured, walking to the middle of a lake to get someone that was injured, uh, or boat, or whatever. I mean, I've pulled people out of, out of the water mm-hmm. um, who were drowning, okay. uh, all sorts of stuff. And, and it's just like... That's a life that's depending on me to be able to do this physical task. And I've met a lot of EMS professionals who could not do that. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that says that they, do not, they are not being responsible. For sure. If you're not taking health and physical fitness um, serious and you are in the field of EMS or any first responder position, then you should not do it. You should yes. not do it anymore. No matter how great your mind is, your mind if that's your deal that's what doctors do doctors yeah. are the mind yes. and then they have a bunch of hands that do their work mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that ems is below that or anything like that but i am saying it is still a very physical technical job well, and we have to be able to
1: do it for sure and and you know that's just talking about your physical capabilities that's not even and you could do probably podcast every day of the week on this too is what it does for you mentally
0: yeah absolutely I mean
1: for you to know what it does to have that discipline and to wake up and start doing the things you don't want to do which might be meal prep or workout it gives you a mental fortitude that will really get you far in anything but especially in EMS you have to sometimes deal with a lot mentally in EMS so having that little escape which it will turn into it might be miserable showing up but once you get into it it's going to be an escape and you're going to learn to enjoy it um and that release, you know, we can have some of the most stressful days and see the most craziest, um, heartbreaking and yeah. things. It is. It's good to know that as an individual, you've you've got this solid routine and you're pushing yourself and just pushing yourself physically. It does so much for the mind and Absolutely. of course we've got to stay sharp there. You know.
0: Absolutely. EMS is like the perfect storm for contributing to that twenty three percent of Americans sure. who are not healthy, um, and that goes like you said, not just physically but mentally and emotionally. Where I've had days where I've seen one too many dead people, for and, sure. and that's being real. Mm-hmm. And I've had days where I've I've watched parents cry over their dead children and mm-hmm. things like that. And and if I don't have in the back of my head that I know that I can handle this and I can get through this mm-hmm. and I have somewhere to go with that, I mean, there's no way I could do this job. I couldn't keep doing it. Um, and there'll be a whole another podcast on dealing with stuff like that for sure. For sure. But uh, and and this exercise and this taking care of your nutrition and all of that, it plays into that mental health. Oh, it does absolutely. So. It, chemically and all sorts of ways, it mm-hmm. plays into it. So um so the idea is 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 we've got to make a change in the field of EMS. And those of you that are new to to EMS and learning how to do it for the first time, if you're hearing this, the the point is is that you're going to be that change. We need to produce a new culture in EMS that says you know, similar to what the fire culture has done with it, right. that physical fitness is a necessity. For sure. And and don't get me wrong, there is the the firefighter out there
1: that is just not healthy, not in shape, doesn't care. Well, I'm, I mean, listen. The number one cause of fire, number one cause of death for firefighters is heart failure. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's from over, that's from overexerting themselves in a fire life saving situation from sitting at a station and eating eating potatoes all day so by no means do firefighter every single firefighter have it all figured out so no no. but like you're saying it's much more um it's preached a little more you know it's a little more it's more expected yeah
0: we've got to change that culture those of you that are leaders in the ems field push it push this as a change because you're going to be creating longevity and professionalism that's what EMS needs to become recognized in the healthcare world as a profession instead of a technical occupation. And uh, that's what we're trying to do with, with the new EMS people out there. And uh, the, I'm not saying that all the, the, the EMS people that have been there for a while are, are wrong or doing something wrong. I'm just saying that we need to consider that this is a change that has to happen if we want our field to advance. And uh, I know most of you are thinking he's taking this health thing way too serious. <laughs> he took it to a level that nobody cares about, but uh, some people care about it, That's and right. I've and I've seen the the harm it can do to not take it serious. Um, when uh, when we're responding to these calls, there's people counting on us, and uh, and we've just we've just got to take that serious, and. For them and for us because our families need us too and just recently uh i saw an article about a couple of um amr employees that committed suicide and and i'm not saying that that being in shape or whatever i don't know the circumstance so i'm not saying that what would have fixed that i'm just saying that that's too common in our field and a lot of it has to do with the idea that we're just not taking our, our health physically, mentally and emotionally seriously and uh, so I'm talking about overall health,
1: not just physical yeah, and it, like like we said, it plays such a huge role it, it plays such a huge role in overall health and um, you know, the more discipline you get in one area, the easier it becomes to be disciplined in the other, so whether that means you reading your SOPs more or you're checking off your truck more thoroughly. Um, so the dis- the discipline you learn there from, you know, your your journey into becoming a healthier you, that discipline can just be applied everywhere. You know, learning the SOPs of your company, um, checking off your truck a little better, doing, doing the whatever, doing just a little more to everything you do, adding a little more effort, a little more discipline, and ultimately that just results in better being able to save somebody's life and yeah. help their situation. So it's not just about you being fit to do your job physically and, uh, like I said, lift somebody off the floor, but you learn that, that discipline, and it, it starts applying everywhere to everything you do, and it just makes you a better person, a better employee, better supervisor, whatever you are, and, you know, we're here to help people, and obviously it's going to make you do a lot better job of that. <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely and I like where where this conversation went uh, I like that uh, we took it from very um, I guess what some people out there would say uh, vain level of <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. a conversation yeah. about physique and things like that right. to, to a very real conversation about overall health and that's what I was really hoping for as we had this discussion is you know it, it's about overall health for you and for for those that are counting on you so Dylan, thanks for, for joining us uh, yeah, on EM Talk today. I, I know that we'll want to have you again sometime. Soon. For sure, for so. sure.
1: Thanks thanks for having me, man. It was great. Um, I think what you're doing is awesome. There's <laughs> there's not enough of this being preached. So, you know, it's as soon as we can start it and get it rolling, I appreciate it and love what you're doing, man.
0: Awesome. Me too, man. I'm, I mean, I'm just happy to have a, an opportunity to reach out to those new people out there and those that are that are still in it, just trying to make a difference. So, mm-hmm. so let's. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bring us down here and 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 end us with uh, with a couple of final thoughts. So, when we respond to that call, when the dispatcher sends us to the next emergency, that we're going to we're going to help someone. Sometimes that run or call isn't much of anything. Just someone not feeling right or slight blood sugar issue. But every time, someone else is relying on us to be able to do our job. Someone's mom, dad, brother, grandmother, son, daughter is relying on you to respond and continue responding. It's our responsibility as EMS professionals to be physically, mentally, and emotionally capable of responding appropriately. That person that needs it next might just be you or someone you love. I've been there and responded to people I know who were counting on me and I've always been suc- and I haven't always been successful but I have always been able to put in maximum effort because it's my responsibility to do so. It's our responsibility as a profession as healthcare providers as first responders as emergency personnel, it's our responsibility to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. You've chosen this career this job, this calling, so prepare yourself and be responsible for what you've decided to do. You made a decision, so don't let it negatively affect someone else because you were too lazy to change your habits and to change the way you see your physical, mental, and emotional health. We're glad you all chose to join us. If you ever have any questions about EMS or EMS education, including gaining your EMT Certification, advanced EMT certification, or just working to increase your knowledge, please feel free to contact us at support at axoneducation.com. In life, you're never done learning. Knowledge is vital. In EMS, it's life or death. I'm your host, Judd Smith, and we will see you next time on EMS.